a ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful episode of Grace. Today, we have many, many, many special things to celebrate. We're going to get a homily from Father Jim. We're going to learn a bit about Christmas. We're even going to learn a bit more about next year, including special events such as World Youth Day. It's going to be absolutely great. Let's just take it away one more time, Jack. A ho, ho, ho. Wonderful. Looking forward to it, everybody. July 2023 is going to be an absolutely fantastic time. No, it's not just the 4th of July. We're not American. We don't even celebrate that. The reason that July 2023 is going to be so amazing is that in Portugal, in a beautiful town called Lisbon, the capital city of Portugal, there's going to be a special celebration, World Youth Day. World Youth Day was started by Pope John Paul II and he was inspired to establish World Youth Day in 1986 in order to basically promote the spiritual formation of young people. Now, we have one of those young people with us today, a dear friend of mine, Shaz, who is planning on going to World Youth Day in 2023. Shaz, hello. Hey, Dean. Yeah, lovely to have you, Shaz, as always. Now, can you tell us a bit about World Youth Day 2023 in terms of like what we're doing as a church? Who's going? What's what's happening? Okay, so for World Youth Day next year, there were some of us from the Emmaus Carlingford Young Adults Group as well as Antioch, who are a younger team, going as a community to World Youth Day in Portugal to sort of reunite our faith and renew our faith in the Pope and God. Beautiful. Yeah, no, I think World Youth Day is an awesome, absolutely fantastic experience. I was lucky enough to go when I when it was in Australia. I was quite young at the time. Uh, I was only like 14, and I think you have to be 16. I just sort of went because it was in Sydney. And it was just such an amazing experience seeing like literally millions of young people in Sydney of all places, young Catholics walking through the streets and just cheering and celebrating. Imagine like a rock concert, but the Pope is the star. And instead of people getting drunk and throwing beer bottles, depends on what rock concert you go to, I guess, they are praying and worshiping and celebrating. It's such a um, such a wonderful experience. And uh, I think everyone, if they get the opportunity, it would be amazing if everyone could see it. And so we're lucky that our church is letting people see it. Now, Shaz, why do you want to go? Can you tell us a bit about your sort of faith journey? What led you to down this path? Um, so there were a couple of things that led me down this path, to be honest. Um, so one thing is my cultural heritage, um, being from Peru, um, faith is really paramount. And so back in Peru, there's like a lot of live processions and a lot of um, festivities when different patron states have their feast day. What do these processions sort of look like? Like, I've, I've, so, obviously we don't have that sort of thing in Sydney. What, what is that like? So it's similar to World Youth Day in the concept that like a lot of people who are really in depth with their faith come together and then in the centre is usually a, a sort of structure, like a cross or a sort of big image of mm-hmm. that patron saint. Okay. So one of the saints, for instance, that I align with called San Judas Tadeo. Interesting. I've never heard of him. Yeah. Tell, tell me, tell me more. So he's the saint of miracles. Sounds like a good saint. Yeah. And so I really felt that like he is always by my side. Can you say his name one more time? San Judas Tadeo. 
San Judas Tadeos. I would love to do a, a saint catch up with you one day on him. But anyway, missing the point. Let's <laughs> let's keep going. Yeah. So I feel like just like God, he's always been by my side. And especially with this World Youth Day, I think even more profound. I say that because ever since I was in high school, I've always wanted to go. I've always thought like this is a marvelous once in a lifetime experience. I've got to do it. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I never had anyone to go with. Yep. And as we all know, it's a big journey. So you kind of need a community to go with to embrace the whole experience. So this year, I've been really lucky to find a community of people that are willing to go. That want to go like-minded people like that in yeah. MAS. Yeah, I do think that's a, a beautiful thing about the Grace community and obviously Collingford and Epic that we have such a willing group of young men and women who want to take their faith seriously. And yeah, I think that's beautiful. And I'm, I certainly hope that you're obviously a beautiful addition to that. And I hope that you guys can have all the success getting to Portugal. Now, Portugal is pretty far away. I have been before. Well, did there wasn't happening at the time because uh, it hasn't happened yet. But it's very, very far. I suppose my question to you is, and this might be a little bit of a plug if you want to plug anything, how can we as a community help our young people to get there? Like, I've had my turn. Uh, how can we help the new generation to, to go and experience World Youth Day? So, yes, you're right. Portugal is a lovely, beautiful country, but yes, it is very, very far away. So one thing that you can do in order to let these young people experience this is jump onto the GoFundMe World Youth Day Dream Come True page. Your generosity will be greatly appreciated. Thank you. So that that's on GoFundMe? Okay. And what was it called one more time? World Youth Day Dream Come True. Fantastic. And we'll check a link in the uh, description of this podcast so you can click there as well. Also, you can just donate to Joanna or Shaz directly uh, if you want to help out at all. Or we have many like fundraisers, bake sales, things like that. But yeah, please check it out and help our young people experience the gifts that God gives us. God gives us beautiful gifts and he sort of asks us to use them appropriately. And if your gift is financial, uh, it will really help these young people to experience something beautiful. So yeah, World Youth Day 2023. If you can't be involved in person, maybe you could be involved financially or at the very least, if you could spiritually pray for our beautiful pilgrims as they go. Shaz, thank you so much for coming in today and I wish you all the best in your journey. Thank you. We know that there's Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donna and Blitzen, but listener, do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? It is, of course, Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer who had a very shiny nose. Now, there are many theories that exist to explain why Rudolph's nose is so red. Did he scratch it on the sharp leaves of holly? Was he playing paintball and got hit on the nose? Has he got a cold? Or did he perhaps drink a little too much eggnog? On this segment today, we're not concerning ourselves with why it's red. We'll be talking about why it's so beneficial for Rudolph to have a nose that's red and why not some other colour. One of the first times Rudolph made an appearance was in 1958 in the book titled Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by Barbara Hazen. In this version, Rudolph was hiding behind a holly bush so that, quote, his bright red nose blended in with the bright red berries, unquote. So already we have one reason. Over time, Rudolph's ancestors must have slowly evolved redder and redder noses as a form of camouflage for the reindeer to use whilst hiding in bushes of holly. Secondly, red noses make the best fog lights. 
Light travels in waves, and different colours of light differ by wavelength, the length of these waves. Shorter wavelengths of light, such as blue light, scatter more than others when they interact with particles in the air. This phenomenon is called Rayleigh scattering, and it's why the sky is blue. The small portion of blue light coming from the sun is scattered in our atmosphere and sent down to us. Long wavelengths of light travel further, and the longest wavelength of all visible light belongs to the colour red. So because of this, a red light would be the most effective out of all colours because it can travel the furthest. If it travels the furthest, then Rudolph and the other reindeer and Santa would be able to see quite far in foggy conditions. Rudolph was born in 1939, and reindeer have an average lifespan of 15 years, so he's definitely on the older side at 83. Thankfully, it's predicted that Rudolph's characteristic red nose would be passed on to his children. However, how useful a red nose would be in future years would be questionable. With deforestation at an all-time high, bushes of holly might not be around for long. Additionally, the frequency of foggy weather is decreasing worldwide due to climate change. Red lights may no longer be in such high demand in the North Pole for much longer. I'd like to take this moment to thank the unsung heroes of Christmas that so often don't get mentioned, to Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donna and Blitzen. This gesture is small. We thank each and every one of you all. This Christmas season, I have one question for you. Does it pay to be naughty? Now, ignoring the moral and ethical implications, I always thought it was somewhat bizarre that bad children got lumps of coal I mean, why do bad kids get anything? Like, if Santa needs to visit 2.3 billion houses every year, surely he could save a bit of time by skipping all the Grinches out there. Coal isn't that cheap either, right? I mean, if the price of gas is anything to go by, fossil fuels must be through the roof. And so, the question remains. Is it better to be naughty and get a lump of coal? Or is it just better to be good and get what you want? Why do naughty kids get anything? Coal is... Apparently, $159, which is a lot, but that's per tonne, which is a lot of a lot. So let's say a lump of coal is about a kilo. That would cost about 16 cents. Doesn't sound like much, but if every rotten kid out there is getting 60 cents for being bad, there's 2 billion children. Let's say one out of every 10 is bad. If you've met any kids, that number's very conservative. That's still 2 million lumps of coal. That's still $32 million for bad kids. Santa needs a better accountant's. Why do bad kids deserve $32 million? Now, you might think questions like this are a bit silly, and, you know, maybe they are. But I think the end question remains, like, why do naughty people get anything? Why do we deserve anything? It's really, really, really easy in the Christmas time to get caught up in the commercialism, to focus on Santa more than we do the saints, to focus on Frosty more than the Holy Family. Now, you might not think of yourself as a naughty child, but none of us come close to being good enough to win God's favour. If we look at Romans 5, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, although for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christmas is Christ's Mass, the Son of God being born to a virgin to one day die for our sins. There is no normal earthly reason why naughty people get anything because the reason is grace and mercy. So if you are tempted to feel jealous of your cousin's Christmas present this year, just know that 2,000 years ago we got the greatest gift of all, our salvation in Jesus Christ. 
Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome back, listener. And I'm here with a familiar guest of ours. Father Jim, how are you? Fantastic. Thank you, Lewis. And hello, Megan, as well. How was your Christmas? Christmas was fantastic this year. It, mm-hmm. It's uh, so nice just to be in the parish and like, you know, not having COVID lockdowns and things. It just meant we had a really great Christmas celebration. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And did you see Father Christmas? I didn't see Father Christmas. But admittedly, I wasn't looking for him. So he may have been hiding somewhere I wasn't looking. Okay, next year then. <laughs> Don't tell me you didn't take any cookies or any milk out for him. Oh, look, if there's cookies, I usually eat them. I just don't have that kind of willpower. No, I understand that too, Father. Speaking of Christmas, though, wanted to ask, what is your favourite Christmas tradition? Oh, singing Christmas carols. I, as a kid, we used to have a family Christmas carol sing-along in our lounge room, and that was just such a nice thing. As a teenager then, our youth group used to go Christmas caroling in the streets. Mm-hmm. So just any time I get to sing or hear carols, that's Christmas for me. Yes, I'm the same, which is why I love the Christmas Mass and I love going and seeing all the local Christmas carols as well. So um, as we lead into the Christmas season and also into the New Year's, do you have any words of advice for us? Well, can I tell you a story? Sure, of course. So in December of 1914, World War I was already well and truly underway. British and French on one side had dug into trenches, firing across to their German counterparts on the other side. And every, each and every day, they shot and maimed and killed one another. But on Christmas morning of December 1914, they didn't start shooting. Instead, they began to sing. Out of the French and British uh, trench came, came the song Silent Night. And in reply from the German trench came Stilleknacht, Heiligknacht, the German version of the same song. My bad German, but you get the picture. And so they began to sing. Instead of exchanging volleys of bullets, they began to exchange Christmas carols across the trenches until finally one brave soldier stood up and walked down the middle of no man's land. And a soldier from the other side came and met him and they shook hands. And then they beckoned to their compatriots to come and do the same. And there in the middle of no man's land, they shook hands with one another they sang Christmas carols. They showed each other photos of their wives and girlfriends. They exchanged cigarettes and wished one another well. There was an even an impromptu game of soccer played in at least one place. And this was known as the Christmas truce. And this happened in more than one place, up and down the trenches. And the Christmas truce is just a lovely reminder of what Christmas can do for us. For a little while, these men reverted to being their best selves. They gave up their day job, which was killing one another, and reverted to being men who were united by common humanity rather than divided by nationality. Christmas can do that for us. And perhaps for us too, we have a bit of a Christmas truce every year as well. We stop the busyness of life, where we step off the hurdy-gurdy, and we focus instead on gift-giving, on time together, on hospitality. And for many of us, we do things we don't normally do, like go to church, like sing songs about Jesus, like use the name of Jesus in public, because wishing someone a happy Christmas is to say happy Christmas. And so Christmas is a truce for us every year as well. And thinking about the men in 1914, it would have been lovely if that Christmas truce had have been permanent, if it could have made a difference in their lives. And they said, look, I lay down my weapons. I can no longer shoot at a man I've shaken hands with. But alas, they didn't. They went back to the trenches and a few hours later or the next day or the day after began shooting and maiming and killing each other once again. And sadly, so too for us, our Christmas truce often doesn't last very long either. We go back to work, we get back to the business, we forget 
all the good and the joy of Christmas. But maybe this year we can do something different. Maybe this Christmas truce can last longer because maybe we can let ourselves ask ourselves what it is about, about Christmas that is so important about celebrating 2,000 years later. Why it matters so much the baby was born in Bethlehem. And in doing so, we might discover that what Jesus did 2,000 years ago is what God does for us even here and now. That Jesus entered into our world with all its messiness and grime and umbilical cords and afterbirth to come and know and love us. And God comes into our world with all its messiness here today as well. And that God comes to us now through his spirit, not through a young baby, but through his spirit, and still wants to enter into our world and into our lives if we'll let him. And maybe we discover that God coming to us makes us realize that we are radically not alone. We are radically loved, and the universe is a good and friendly place. And maybe that means that our Christmas truce can be ongoing. We don't have to fight to be known or loved or respected. We are already known and loved. We don't have to be perfect or the most or the best. We are loved for who we already are. And we can breathe a sigh of relief. We can be more gentle with ourselves and more gentle with others. For the child who was cradled so gently by a woman who conceived in an extraordinary way 2,000 years ago grew up to be the face of God who cradles us gently each and every day. Happy Christmas, everyone. Okay, listener, thanks for joining us on our final episode for the year for Grace Podcast. Again, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. To end this episode, Father Jim, have you got any a story or a Bible passage to sort of close us off for the year? Look, I've got a little passage, not from the Bible, from one of the early church fathers, St. Gregory Nazianzen, on the wonder of the Incarnation. Pray tell. He writes, The very Son of God, older than the ages, the invisible, the incomprehensible, the incorporeal, the beginning of the beginning, the light of light, the fountain of life and immortality, the image of the archetype, the immovable seal, the perfect likeness, the definition and word of the Father. He it is who comes to his own image and takes our nature for the good of our nature and unites himself to an intelligent soul for the good of my soul, to purify like by like. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have indeed come into our world to love us, to transform us so we can share your divine nature as you share our human nature. Lord Jesus, be with us, we pray. Amen.